This new podcast, do you think we should mention it? I don't really care. They can no. fuck off and burn in a pit for all I give a shit. His name is Craven. He likes white ravens. And he will always use them to reduce your gold. His name is Dave. He cancels saves. He likes to make the opposition have bad days. His name is Tom. He plays for fun. And if you beat him, then he'll punch you in the face. It's the UK's fantastic podcast. This episode's the worst, so it's probably the last. With unopposed to claim banter, it's banter behind the throne. Good evening, hello, and welcome to episode 31 of Banter Behind the Throne. I'm back from my adventures far, far away, and, and once again, the captain of a ship. Joined by my uh, distinguished bosun, Mr. Dave Bamford. So, hello, Dave. Hi there. You didn't clap. This is disappointing. I don't need to clap. I'm the professional. Um, and I'm also... Oh, fuck. Thank you. <laughs> did you hear that noise? I, I did it. Those, yeah. Uh, that was my um, uh, that was my chair breaking. Oh. Well, that's great for my self-esteem. Um, <laughs> anyway, I'm also joined by our comically placed uh, uh, fez-wearing ship's chimp. Tom Peel, so hello Peel. Yeah. 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 I'm not too keen on why I'm wearing a Fez. I mean, Fezes are not cool. Um, plus, doesn't the monkey in Pirates of the Caribbean wear a Fez at some point? I'm pretty sure he That's does. That's what yeah. I'm thinking in my head. Yeah. That monkey's cool. That monkey at one point has a tiny little Gatling gun. He is the only one who's actually in all of them, like, properly. Like he just seems to just reappear and gets killed about six or seven times and then just appears again. I think he, he must he must have swam the Pacific. Um, well, he was still dead at one point. Wasn't he? he was, yeah, he was full dead. And do you know what his name was? No, oh, Jack. In, Jack, exactly. Yeah, taking a cue from Treasure Island there, naming the uh, the ship's animal after the former captain. Um, yeah, the monkey was called Jack. So there you go. Right. This week, we are going to discuss what we've been up to this week. Uh, spoilers, it's not going to be a lot of Thrones. Um, I've played some Thrones. Yeah, I think you're the only one, though. Most Probably. of us were getting drunk with you at the weekend. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're going to discuss... Well, Dave is going to tell us all about Thrones War. Um, so I'll leave him to expand on that point. Uh, the big news is um, that Valor is coming back into the club, Paul. We don't know when. Um, a lot of people are suspecting it's imminently and it's going to be evergreen, which suggests possibly stock box, but that's pure speculation. Uh, we're going to go through what Valor means, um, what it, its history, things to expect, and our, our take on it. And then we've got a little bit of uh, listeners' questions to get through. We're going to be fairly uh, pressed for time this week, so we won't get through all of them, um, but we'll do our very best. So... What have we been up to this week? Dave, why don't you tell us about what Thrones you've been playing, and then you can tell us about what happened at the weekend. Well, that might be a rather brief account, because I don't remember much of the weekend. <laughs> but <laughs> I... Fill in the rest for you. You can, great. Um, I have played a little bit of Thrones. I built a Martell to... Uh, no, that's a lie. The other way around. Lannister Sun deck. Um, and Nymeria was a bit of a disappointment in that deck. She did do, did basically nothing the one time I saw her, which was a shame. Uh, but I was also running Political Disaster. Oh, okay. Uh, I wanted to leverage the income from all the Lannister characters uh, to see if I could go location light. 
I only ran the six neutral locations. And it seemed to work, but in the two games I played, I didn't like. I didn't actually need political disaster. It was completely useless. How many Greyjoy decks did you play? None. Like I only played oh. against Crocodile Hammers. Okay, I, I think it wasn't that's... a tournament or anything. It's going to be a pretty good call, I reckon, political disaster at the moment, because um, we discussed off air very briefly, Dave and I, but um, I think it's fair to say that uh, Greyjoy Boats, in a totally non-obnoxious way, not like the old version of Greyjoy Boats, but the new version of Greyjoy Boats seems to be doing quite well. Mm. So I imagine a political, uh, a political disaster in that deck would be quite good. Exactly, and that's what I was thinking. Uh, it just so happened that it was useless against uh, whatever James was playing. Um and then, of course, I decided to change deck, and so he brought out a Night's Watch deck, which it would have been really good against. Yes, so, wouldn't it, Jeff? <laughs> which is irritating. But I also ran a um, Put to the Torch as a kind of... I was gonna, The intention was to uh, choke them out with Put to the Torch a bit, maybe, and um, hit them with or hit them with Varus and then Political Disaster, so that kind of thing. Just like yeah. leverage the, the card advantage, the econ advantage, that kind of thing. Has this idea got legs? It was all right. Like, I won with it, so it's more that was good. Um, yeah. The other deck I've been playing is that Greyjoy banter to the dragon deck that we discussed with Patrick, uh, which milled people and then murdered them with Dothraki Crone, which or Crone of Vase Dothrak. Oh, okay, uh, yeah. That'd be interesting. So I proxied her. Um, over, I think, oh, I played two games. I won one, lost one. And over about 12 plots, I think I milled about four cards off James's deck. That so, doesn't sound brilliant. No, but it was fun. Yeah. It was it was fun. Um, but winning's think, also fun, Dave. It, yeah, winning is more fun. So that's going on the back burner for now, and maybe I'll bring it back uh, when loot yeah. comes out. Well, or at I least mean, you know have some time to perfect it because it was you know a build in thirty seconds kind of. Day. Yeah, it's needs a bit more, doesn't it? I mean, we said this off air, but I think it's worth mentioning that I haven't played enough sort of um, consistent thrones now for such a long time. Well, not such a long time, but in the great scheme of things, it seems like. A long time, but I feel really out of touch with what's strong, what's not, and um, yeah, I need to rectify that. I've been playing a lot of Hearthstone just because it's so easy to pick up and play at work. Um, I need to get out. Shining endorsement. Uh, yeah, I know, isn't it? Just um, <laughs> thank you, taxpayers. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I need to sort that out. Really, um, I need to get back on it. So I'm gonna go back to my old school way of thinking of just having three decks on the go at any time. And just really sort of pick away at them. It's just what are those three decks going to be? That's the question. So, so the, the whole point of this segment was initially that we were going to like chronicle the evolution of our decks exactly. over the course. So I need to re- I basically need to press um, a reset button and, and yeah. start from scratch. And it needs to be you because I don't have the attention span to play a deck for more than like two weeks. As we know, um, I have got a long attention span. <laughs> Eighteen months, and you know, pretty much <gasps> only only ended because the game ended. I'd still. <laughs> We'd be playing Greyjoy No Agenda with a bit of winter, if I had my way. So, yeah, I, I, I completely understand that. And this time next week, I will discuss the three decks I'm working on. And, yeah, I'm going to press the reset button here. So there we go. Okay. Back to the plan. So the rest of the weekend was taken up by my birthday party. It was. Yeah, we all we all went on a jolly to the old three cocks, which is the spiritual home of thrones in the UK. Now that you know, Stoke stopped supporting us in the last uh, the last year or so. Now they're back, of course, but now it's the cocks. That's yes. a fact. Um, and uh, it was pretty good. I enjoyed myself. Le- uh, Secondary Dave bought me a pint of Bailey's 
Which yes, was he did. Horrendous. Mm. It was on the um, cast page, so people would have seen it, hopefully. Yeah. Um, and uh, <laughs> Whammer and uh, Becky came along and got me a uh, an inflatable crown because I'm yes. the king of the castle. But unfortunately, I don't know where it's gone. <laughs> I went back into. I, it wasn't at Dave's. I haven't seen it at mine. I can't even um, remember who was and, wearing it last. All I remember and, was Tractor Pete walking around in it at one point. Well, I think Tractor, Tractor Pete, Pete probably has it. Yeah, he's almost certainly got it. Yeah, it's not at the pub anymore. So for those who don't, don't know, Tractor Pete is a guy in his sixties who drinks at our pub, um, and we know him because he tried to sell a waffle a tractor one night. Well, he um, tried to sell me a tractor did... the first moment he saw me. Well, exactly. Well, I thought the it was first just time met Waffle. He tried to sell him a tractor. <laughs> I thought he was just joking. So I was like, oh, no, I've got loads of tractors, mate. And he was like, oh, have you? What have you got? And I thought, what? I mean, this <laughs> guy just leans in and goes to me, you shouldn't really speak to him. I went, oh, it's a bit late now. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah, I remember seeing him, what, three o'clock in the morning at Dave's house, just eating cold beans. That's yeah, kind of the last. Uh, I am surprised last you remember that. Yeah. Dave. I must it's. It's one of the last things I remember. That's when we was playing, well, when I was playing with you and Whammer, Guess the Plot Card. Remember? <laughs> I don't remember. I remember you telling me in the morning. <laughs> yeah, so I was, I basically I found an axe in, um, in Secondary Dave's kitchen. Obviously. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, I came into the front room and I was like, right, we're going to play Guess the Plot Card. And I, I did an impression of like the bloke from Rise of the Kraken. <laughs> so I was holding onto the door, holding the axe in that way, you know. Whammer immediately goes rise of the Kraken. You look at me, Dave, and went forty-five position. <laughs> so, it's because I had returned your forty-five position to de- to you today. I I assume that's what it was. Well, there but, we go. I, I've no idea. Um, yeah. yeah, but it was a jolly good time. Mm. A wonderful time. My particular highlight was watching Secondary Dave try and uh, strawpedo a bottle of Buck's Fizz. Now, this is going to take some explaining for non-Brits, so bear with me. Um, <laughs> A strawpedo is when you force a straw into the the top of a bottle and bend it over, sort of, you know, so it makes a little vacuum, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And then when you neck the bottle, the the trapped air through the straw kind of forces it down and takes some of the fizz out of it, so you can drink it quicker without sort of getting gas in, needing to stop the burp. Yeah. I think that's you essentially a, the science. You can do a bottle of beer in like a couple of seconds. Yeah, if you're good at it. Um, Buck's fizz is basically alcoholic fizzy orange juice. It's, um, it's, it's champagne uh, and orange When you're younger yeah. and you're offered like sparkling wine, they you know, you put orange juice in it um so that children can drink it on occasion. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like at weddings and summer barbecues. Yeah. It is it is legitimately champagne and orange juice, that's how you make it. Yeah. yeah. So However, it's nice, Bucks Fizz not particularly strong. Wouldn't really it's say not, Bucks Fizz is on the same standard as champagne and orange juice. Due to the fact that it costs two pound for a bottle, but that is legitimate. Like the cocktail Bucks Fizz, yeah, yeah. is champagne and orange juice. But the brand like, Bucks Fizz, like, now, is... Dave's particular black brand, yeah, um, that probably wasn't champagne, no, and I'm not sure it was orange juice. Sparkling wine from the French region, but anyway, Dave tried to secondary. Dave tried to ingest this whole. It's not a particular feat of um, manly alcoholism to do this because it's <laughs> not very alcoholic. It's just lots of it. It's very fizzy. Now, some of you may be aware, I certainly was, um, but it came as some surprise to secondary Dave, I think. What happens when you fill your stomach with a whole champagne-sized bottle of fizzy liquid? Mm. It comes out of you. <laughs> yes, it does. It came out of him with such force, it nearly lifted him off of his feet. Um, <laughs> and this was about quarter to eight in the evening. Yeah, we this had got to the pub. before we'd gone to the pub. This was uh, on the way to the pub. 
because me and Dave yeah. stopped off with you and Amy Craven, brought the bottle of Bucks Fizz, subsequently then went to the pub afterwards. Um, the plan was we were going to share the Bucks Fizz. What happened was I had a swig of Bucks Fizz. Yeah, so that was and good. It. That was my favourite part of the evening. Um, <laughs> before we even got there. Before we even got there. So, now that's all taken care of. Uh, we promised next week to have this feature back to its sort of original intention. Um, Dave, tell us about Thrones War. Fun fact, though. Sorry, I, I do uh, apologise. I actually built a deck this week. Whoa, whoa, sorry, Phil. I just immediately glossed over you because you never <laughs> normally have anything to say. Go on, what I, did you build? Tell us I, about it. I built, and this is the start of something which I'll probably play for the next seven years. Um, <laughs> I've <laughs> I built a Greyjoy with a rose-scented flavour on it. Ooh, yes. Ooh. I'm going to call it Kraken in Rosewater. Uh, <laughs> and it's going to be beautiful. It's got left and right featuring in it. Um, obviously, I featured the standard kind of the Greyjoy. I've got the Reader in there. I've thrown in a Asher. I've put in a uh, Balon just for shits and giggles. Um, and I've put in a few other things like um, Rose for Sansa, etc. And I've, I've basically just played around with it. And I've got that deck now. I've built it. It's on. It's going to be downloaded to my Oxygen, so I can start test playing it uh, later oh, this week yes. when I can get Oxygen working. So yeah, fun fact: actually built a deck. Um, oh, until I, so you should be. I've put Rise of the Kraken in it as well. I'm really. I want to play that. So that's gone in there. And, Rise of the uh, Kraken is just as good as it used to be, except now you've got an extra gold. Exactly, like, a whole extra OP. one. P. <laughs> I even put in that plot we discussed with lots of gold, but I can't remember what it's called. Oh, trading uh, with the Pentoshi. <laughs> yeah, because I thought, right, okay, here's the plan. Trading with Pentoshi, next phase, Rise of the Kraken, bang, 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 jobs are good and see you next week, um, is the plan. But obviously, we'll see how it works. Well, we have on good authority by everyone else that uh, raiding longship is really good. So we, Yeah, I have heard that. I've put that in as well. I've got three okay. copies of it for some reason. Probably going to put it down to two. Sure. Okay, yeah. well, you've played... Well, you've thought about Thrones. I've built not. a deck. Built a deck. That is inspiring. It is. Um, so, Thrones War? Thrones War. Thrones War. So, Thrones War, or Weekend at Ryan's, is a invitational tournament in Southern California, in San Diego, hosted by Ryan Jones, who is a three three-time world champ. He's won a melee, a draft, and an overall. Um, so not any proper championships, but three card designs all the same. Um, and he bugged us to come on the cast, and we couldn't get anything sorted, mostly through laziness, partly because of the Super Bowl. Um, uh, so we'll plug it for him in his absence. Um, basically, it's an invitational tournament where Ryan nominates himself, obviously, and seven other people to be the kings of their faction, or in the case of uh, Martel, the prince, and one assumes the Night's Watch, the Lord Commander. Um, and then they draft players and houses. So they have a $40 budget and they use this like fantasy football drafting system to draft three people for their team and which house they want to play. Um, and then they do a modified Swiss so they don't have to play anyone from their own faction. And then they cut to top eight where you can play people from your own faction and whoever wins is, well, the winner. Um, which is a really cool system, I thought. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you got your forty dollars. Um, you've got uh, so you, you bid for your faction. I think he said uh, he got Tyrell, which was last or second last. Um, I know Johnny Wright is uh, Martel. I've been chatting to him a bit about Martel, and 
he's my uh, he's the one I want to win, uh, obviously. And of course, he, that makes him he's Prince of Dawn, Prince John. Like, I, I wrote an entire dissertation on that guy, so pretty inspired. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, Bruno got drafted to James Speck's uh, Stark team for like twenty nine dollars or something out of the forty dollar budget. Which is Big money. pretty intense considering Bruno had barely played at that point. But you know, he's he's a shooting, right? Two time yeah. world champ. Yeah. That's some serious pedigree. That's not bad at all. See this the SoCal meta is pretty good. <laughs> Five card lines between, uh, between them. That's pretty strong. Uh so yeah, Thrones War is this weekend, so probably like tomorrow by the time most people listen to this. But if you do hear this quickly, then uh there will be a link in the comments and you can go and vote on who you think is going to win and the people who do the best get the most points from you know nominating who's going to win and come second and have the most wins over all that kind of thing um we'll get a set of uh, the custom house cards that Ryan's put together which are uh disney princesses for each of the houses which are pretty nice so that sounds incredible what a great idea yeah do I that sounds awesome and uh, at one point in the future We'll get Ryan on to talk about something else. So, <laughs> so shall we discuss Valamogulus? Yeah. So, in a a brief bit of a background, in case anyone isn't aware, although I'm fairly certain everyone probably is at this point. If you're listening to this, you're probably clued up enough to know what happened. But if not, um, the last episode of Beyond the Wall, mm-hmm. uh, the guys had Nate French on, didn't they? They did. And in the course of an interview with Nate French about Game of Thrones and all the things he's done and um, his involvement in the game for the last few years, um, it was confirmed by Nate that Valamogalus is making a comeback to the Cobb. Now, we expected this anyway, but obviously now it is, it's real and it's happening. Uh, we don't know what its stats are going to be or indeed exactly what it's going to do, but it's fairly obvious based on the fact it is High Valyrian for All Men Must Die, and the previous version of the card killed every character in play, but it's probably going to be it. Yeah. Is it obligatory? Um, for... It's caused a... I was going to say, Go is on. it obligatory for someone on each podcast to not be able to pronounce Valamogulus? Well, what am I saying? Uh, you said Mogulus in a strange way. I can't remember how you said it now. I'm half cut. Oh, bear in mind. All right, <laughs> I'll say how I want to say. I'm in control. Essex, Essex accent. I, I am that, not on this podcast. <laughs> I'll say it how I want. People can dub you out in post. I want to say it. Can't dub them out in post. There you go. Call them. Call them. That's easier, isn't it? I can avoid it. Um, obviously, this has caused quite a, uh, a divide actually in the community so far, isn't it? Um, some people are happy. Others are sad. Some people will see it as evident to satisfy submission players. Um, and all kind of opinions uh, in between. Um, before we weigh in our opinions, Dave has done a little bit of research uh, charting Valor's history and its significance. So uh, go on, Dave. Tell us what you know. Yeah. So Valor was released right back in the beginning of the game it was initially in the first expansion so it was a ccg so much like magic it was you know a big block then two miniature expansions 
expansions, then a big block, then two miniature expansions, which would gradually get rot- rotated out. And it was in the first of those initial ex- mini expansions that Valor was released. Um, and according to K-Tom, it was going to be in the core set, or like the, the very first expansion initially, sorry, the very first set initially, but uh, they decided to replace it with Wildfire Assault and kind of, uh, you know, leave the, the nuclear option, as K-Tom put, until the first expansion. Um, but it was quite a, a low... Um, a low print run, and I believe it's a rare card as well. So they actually reprinted it only about nine months later in the next big set, Ice and Fire edition. So, um, Ice and Fire? Ice, fire and Ice? Ice and Fire. I'm, I'm going insane. Seriously. Um, so, so yeah, they released it again. Only You're going to have to cut some of this pill because it's chaos. Um, yep. They released it again like nine months later. Uh, because it was so important to the metagame. Uh, and it was with them for a couple of years. It was eventually uh, rotated out, and then they replaced it with a similar but not quite the same card called uh, Winter Has Come, which had the Others trait and uh, was a 3-4-1. I accidentally closed my browser, so I need to get that back up. Uh, a three four one, and when revealed, if you have two others cards in your used pile, kill all your characters. Cannot be saved. So better stats, better effect, harder to uh, harder to play. Yeah, you've really you, got to commit to that, haven't you? Once you've played uh, yeah. two others plots, people know what's coming. Like there's there's only uh, only so much that you know you can you, you can gamble with it as it were you can you can surprise people with it um yeah it was uh, it was in this absence period while this was like the only reset that was going around was that that's when uh john bruno designed first nerve winter which is of course is coming back in about less than two months now um and then valor wasn't rotated back in until the core set of the lcg when it was for the majority of first edition lcg it was pretty much the most important plot in the game uh it would probably made what 90% of competitive decks for everything but the last year. It was only when the Aftermath was released that Valor dropped considerably in play. And even then it was still in the good, you know, 50% of decks probably. And lots yeah. of people ran it and other, other resets at the same time. So you can imagine first edition players have been used to playing with this card for years. And that is why a lot of first edition control players are naturally like gravitating towards um, Varus. Because he plays in a similar way, he resets the board. Yeah, he does your job for you, or does its job for for you. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, so, Peter, what do you think about it returning? I couldn't be happier. <laughs> that that will fucking show yeah, you. Yeah, oh, look why? at that! I've got board dominance. Oh, not anymore. Suck it. <laughs> it's just the way of it's stopping people once they flood the board it just stops it being a case of having 20 characters versus 20 characters it just it's, it's nice to have it back we needed a reset we needed something like this wildfire is useful yes but it's not the same you still get to save three people and at the moment saving three people is bloody useful because three people are at this current point where the card pool's quite small still. I mean, it's getting bigger every day. Um, it's not big enough to, you know, 
it, it, it's not big enough to really be hit as hard by wildfire as it should be. And now Valor's out, and it's just going to make everyone who thinks they're lovely, safe, and secure with their Randy Randall and their Tywin Lannister and their Balon all out on the board. Go well, not at the same time. That would be impossible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if if you could do it all at the same time, I would have found a way to do it by now, and I would have been happy with it. But no, um, it's going to stop you. You know, just having all the best characters all the time. You're going to have to sacrifice them. You're going to have to learn that in the Game of Thrones, you live or you die, bitch, or you win or you die. <laughs> live or die. Oh yeah, that happens in most situations. Really, that's common day life now. But that is true. You know, Win or die is a bit more appropriate to the Game of Thrones. <laughs> so, Peel, you're unambiguously happy about this announcement. I am so happy. The throw- That's what we can take back. from this, yeah? Yeah, every time I look at what plots to put in, oh, now there's a scap there missing. Hmm. I've only got six plots. I'm going to have to pick a random one that I don't really give a fuck about because Valor doesn't <laughs> exist. <laughs> okay. Just made all these decks in advance so that you can just slot Valor in when they come. <laughs> exactly. It's pretty much just, oh, I have a space there. I will put in, I don't know... That. What is that? I don't know. Wildfire. That'll do. <laughs> I don't really want it there, but. <laughs> All right. Valor isn't here yet, so Wildfire will have to do. It's got to the point where I'm considering like three Varus and two summons in a lot of decks. Uh, <laughs> it would be much easier if I could just play Valor instead of one of those summons. Yeah. Like... <laughs> um, yeah. So, what do you think about it, though? <clears throat> about it coming back? Yes. Uh, I love it. I think it's fantastic. Um, Playing Valor, learning to play Valor was, is very tricky. Mm. Um, once you've got it down, and once you know how to play around people's Valors and how to play your own effectively, because uh, it's not always just a comeback card, and sometimes if you leave it until it, it has to be, it's too late. You've got to Valor at the right time. Um, it's, it's, did we not it's, see uh, Reese lose his semi-final game in Starlick because of this? He did. He Valored at the wrong time, and he lost. Well, he valored when he had to, didn't he? It was he his did. last plot, and it, yeah. it blew his board up. Yep, that's and true. No valor early and valor off. Exactly, exactly. That that's my policy as well. Second plot is fun, or even if they've got a great setup, uh, valor then it's just entertaining and it always catches them by surprise. Well, just don't leave oh. it to a last plot. Basically, if you if you know it's coming and you know you can't win the game, I mean the last plot's running around and it's going to be valor. Just just get it out of the way. Don't yeah, pick. do it turn six and um, rebuild from there. Do not pin it. And then you have it if you need it on turn 8 or later. Mm. Um, so, talking about turn 1 Valor at Worlds this year, um, I played against Sam Bratz's uh, Lanny Aloof deck with Clansman and Fear of Winter. And I knew he, was he opened with Blockade. Uh, and so I played one of his metamates afterwards. Uh, blockade for 2nd edition players is um, essentially naval superiority, but it's zero gold. It's just... It is zero gold, and everyone counts zero gold. It hits everything. It hits everything. So, like, knowing that I wasn't going to get any income, very likely, um, I valid turn one. I killed all... He, I, I had, like, two characters, shitty ones. He had a couple of characters, uh, no economy locations. Um, but he did have a, an attachment on one of his characters where you could discard the character to get four gold. Um, Tywin's favour. So I blew up his economy and his character base. And he opened with blockade, had no gold. I had two gold, but I had a load of weenies in my hand. Because, of course, in first edition, there were zero-cost characters. And I was running Summer, so I had Gilly, who was also zero-cost. Um, mm. And, yeah, I came out screaming after a turn one reset, which was just beautiful. It was quite a wonderful thing. Um, it's just... 
it's great. It's it's going to be so much fun. Yeah. 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 You will hate. I, it I the want to say other things. I've got the um, But <coughs> when you've used it against someone in those times of need, then you'll learn to love it. When it first hits you, yeah, it's a pain in the ass. You know, yeah. it's not fun. Yeah, I'm but... gonna. Um, obviously, this is probably unsurprising, but I totally agree with both of you. Uh, I'm really glad it's coming back for a variety of reasons, purely selfish reasons. It puts you one step closer to Greyjoy, no agenda, a splash of winter again, um, <laughs> which you've already mentioned at the top of the show. But uh, being able to offensively valor in Greyjoy um, was a crutch, but it held me up, to be honest, because I struggled a lot of the time playing decks which didn't have an answer to valor. Um, and being able to do that, yeah, I have to be honest, I have to admit it, it it's responsible for a lot of the sort of decent placements I got because Greyjoy was very forgiving of, of a vow. Um, so I'm looking forward to that again. And you don't just have to play Greyjoy to get an offensive Valor off either. Uh, dupes were reasonably uncommon in first edition, so if you have one and, and you have like some expendable characters or you have like a character that would become an agenda when they died and you've got hand yeah. superiority, like offensive Valors are just awesome. Like Lannister could offensively Valor, keep one character maybe, and then just kneel everything you play. Or Martel could, and then when you play out like a couple of chuds, just drop the Red Viper and just win. Yeah, yeah, true. I mean, Greyjoy was probably the easiest and most yeah. way of doing it, just, just get saves. Um, but no, yeah, I did enjoy that. But more importantly, um, part of the thing that I don't like about the game at the moment, um, and it has been getting better as Carpool was expanding, so I will qualify this by admitting that, but um, often the game is decided very, very quickly and then you have to sit there and wait to lose because if someone gets a superior board and I think this definitely um, is the reason why Lanny Rose was so good they get a superior board they have a fistful of cards which carry lots of cancels you're not going to get your kill effects off to get rid of these big guys um, it's just a simple case of play big characters and win the game and that's not to do anyone down who has is, who is won with those decks I'm not for a second saying it's um, it was easy or whatever but having Valor in the carpool does mitigate that kind of inevitable snowball which sometimes happens mm. um, and does introduce a whole other element of of playing the game you have to be you have to start playing the long game rather than just trying to sort of just power out big fatties and win that way so um, yeah that's why I'm looking forward to it coming back I think it's going to be a good thing I definitely don't think it's an indication of some sort of conspiracy or um, kind of first edition players' preference. Uh, you know, I really do think that's nonsense, I'm afraid. Uh, it's always been coming back. It's an integral part of the pool, um, which is what Dave's little history lesson was there to serve. This isn't just the first edition thing. This has existed and been floating around for years. And years. It's, exist- it's existed in the books as well. It's a very crucial part of the whole Game of Thrones book. Yeah, it, it definitely. It's, it's, it's very commonly mentioned that all men must die. Like that's yeah. very, very, very heavily referenced. So I mean, it's gonna come and it's gonna, you know, if you don't like it, meh. It's gonna be fine. Believe me, you. Yeah. Everyone who thinks it's gonna be shy, it's you will get used to it and you will, and you will love it. I guarantee yeah. you, it's part of the game. It's been in the game the whole time I've been playing it, and the same as all of yeah. us. It's always been there, and we love the game. So don't worry about it. The sky is not gonna fall. It's gonna be alright. Yeah, it is <laughs> gonna be fun playing it for the first time with people who haven't seen it again yeah. um i played it for the first time in like my fourth game or something and i'd sat down i played two games and thought the game was all right sat down with waffle and said this is how you play it and there's this insane plot 
which kills everything when when it's revealed. And it's like that's that's crazy. Uh, why would they print that? That's that's ridiculous. And I'd read up online, and people had said like, look, this plot is really powerful. New players tend not to appreciate it because it blows up both sides of the board. Um, but it is it is really good, and trust me, you want it. So I played a game with him, taught him the basics, and then the second game I put it into my plot deck. He he went insane. He went nuts. He hated it. He he screamed at me literally. <laughs> like, You're playing that as fucking cheating. It was yeah. beautiful. I remember. I remember doing a very similar journey with it. I was so irritated by its very presence. I thought, fuck's sake, like this is just ruining all the things I want to do. It's so easy, <laughs> but when you realise it's so prevalent and it's an integral part of the game, you start to think about it and play around it, and it makes sense. It's fine. Yeah, as long as you're aware it's in the card pool. Yeah. Um, it's not too it's hard not to just get around. Iron Mines, you can't from the sea, you can't go wrong. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Or just um, look after your cards, duplicate them, well, make sure the they're thing. safe. If... And if, if, you, if, you, if your opponent has some dupes, or do you think they're going to like Iron Mines or something, just play Marched. Make yourself first player, <laughs> trigger Valor first, and then march their last character to the board, to the wall. You've got gold and claim. Yep. And it Jobs really annoys them. Yeah, yeah, it's horrible having your characters marched on a Valor turn. Or well, you can so. use March to save your own characters. Yeah, discard them so they don't die. That's a good idea. So pre- it's so like useful yep. in the Valor yep. matchup. The other thing, dupes are better now. You can set dupes up and you can't cancel them. <clears throat> so there is way. Yeah, sorry, Dave. But you can get around it far easier than you ever could do. So, I'm glad to have it back, but I'm also not expecting it to be as good as it was. But I'm just glad it's going to be there. So I, I don't really think they can change it to make it worse, can they? It's still going to be able to kill everything. Well, so I think it's coming down to what the stats are going to be. Yeah, I reckon three zero zero, but with a uh, four reserve. Ooh. the problem with four reserve is that it's basically unplayable in control decks. Nice, because four mm. reserve will just ruin ruin control decks' hands. I think two zero zero will make it more. Two zero zero five. I think six. I think six is fine. I think three zero zero six. six. Okay. Yeah, I think that would be fine. Ooh, you can see. save from it. Um, I don't think you'll see playing every deck because three gold is so low. It's yes. it's crazy. It really is. Um, he's still pretty good if you have got like a Tywin on the wall or something. But I think three zero zero six will be fine because it, it. If you look at it, it wasn't broke in first edition it was perfectly balanced with the rest of the pool and if you give it one extra gold that's basically the same increase that like wildfire and stuff have had yeah wildfire has a reserve of six this would it's got zero initiative zero claim so like you're still completely on the back foot for the turn um yeah three three zero zero six would be fine i would be sad if it was much lower than that you put the gold up if you want four's fine I'm happy with that. <laughs> oh, I four, love four, that. eight, one, ten. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I make it two claim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go first. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. That's um, great, then. So yeah, have we, have we got any fi- final thoughts on that? Hello. No, unanimously pleased to see it back. I'm glad to see it yeah. come back. It's like a warm. It's it's like summer coming back around again. It's like that lovely first sunshine. The ice melts off your car naturally in the morning. It's like, ah. So, brilliant. <laughs> do you think they'll keep the same artwork? Because it had the same art. Oh, oh note that um, in first edition, Valor had a limit one per plot deck stipulation, for one thing. Oh, yeah, I reckon it should be limited. Uh, so, it will almost. And like, that, the reason it has that printed on it is because right at the beginning 
with the CCG, you could run plots in, in duplicate, um, like you can now. So it will almost definitely keep its limit one per plot deck, which it definitely should. Uh, but do you think it should keep its art? Because it's iconic, um, but it's not that interesting. Yeah, it's true. I've, I, I could like to see some new art. Let's, let's I'd like to ourselves. see the um, similar to the old art with um, Aya yeah. using a little knife. I, I want both. I want them to do the original art in the thing and then immediately offer a very common promo mm. with the Arya art that they've already used because that art is awesome. But That's I cool. do want to use my Skull Valor again. Yeah, classic Skull It's part. nice to use the Skull Valor. It's just kind of like, aha! Look at that. That familiar sinking feeling when it comes out at the there, right time. Let's look at all that orange. So, should we move to listener questions? Oh, I guess so. Let's do it then. Right, let's rattle them off. Okay, so first question, and this has got a massive five likes, this question. Probably the most liked question on here. Very popular question, isn't it? It is. It's a good question. Um, does Secondary Dave cook a good post-party fry-up or chicken burgers? I don't know if he's saying, do I have to choose which one of those, or does he do a good one? Um, the answer is yes. It was very nice. Yes. Um, he did a fantastic effort of making bacon signings at about four in the morning as well, which was superb. Um, so yes, yes he does. Dave's chicken burgers are awesome. He's been making them for me like about once every month for the last eight or nine months, uh, and uh, they've been getting better pretty much every time. Oh, okay. And like the last, we had some on Sunday, and they were amazing. So there you go. Has he perfected He's, it? He he has pretty much. He like he makes his own breadcrumbs and uh, batters them while I'm like watching TV or something, and then he comes in. Gives me my dinner and gives me a blowjob. It's lovely. What a lovely, <laughs> a lovely relationship you have. <laughs> so, okay. Peel, the next question is for you. Next... So you might as well read it. <coughs> no problem. The next question is, <laughs> is from Tom Damon. Uh, which job did Peel end up going with? And did his future employees <laughs> employers comment about the podcast? Fame. Now, last um, time Tom asked us a question, we did read it in an Australian accent. So, do you want to give that another go? I would rather not. I think okay. it's probably the best way. <laughs> After you nearly caused an international incident, Dave, I, we should yeah, probably... I, I think it's best if I don't speak in an Australian accent for several reasons. Um, one of which I don't want to be chased down with whatever they use for weapons over there, like spiders. Um, so, you know, I'm just going to go with it. And <laughs> I'm just going to run with spiders. Train, train, Australian hunting spiders. That lethal combination. Um, yes, I did choose um, an employer. Uh, no, they did not ask about my podcast fame. However, I have chosen an employer. As of next Wednesday, I shall be working for Fusion, uh, who are part of the BGL group. I've taken a job, which means that I'll have a more secure future and not have to worry about employment for a few years. Congratulations. Or, yeah, so I've got a job now. Yeah, it does mean I'm going to have to work Sundays at this job, and it means I have to wear a shirt and tie. But they do a free bacon. That yeah, they do free bacon and sausages at the weekends, so it's kind of a trade-off. Not really too fast. That's pretty good. Yeah, nice work. Thank you, Dave. You're up. Okay, Zitro Retzel asks, "Who would win in a fight, Voltron or the classic Megazord?" Now. I wasn't 100% sure who Voltron was. Um, <laughs> Neither. Obviously, I, I know the term because people use it to discuss big stacked Thrones characters. Uh, I remember 
been being mentioned on a podcast a couple of months ago. So I, I just Googled it. And Voltron Defender of the Universe is an anima- animated television series about a team of astronauts that pilots a giant super robot known as Voltron. Um, and it only aired between September 1984 and November 1985. Uh, so it was cancelled before five years before I was born. Um, so I'm going to say the Megazord. Because I, oh, it is coming back on Netflix, apparently. But I still don't care. And I like Power Rangers. Yeah. It does sound a lot... When you describe that, it does sound a lot like Power Rangers anyway. Yeah, but like... like... I still got the idea from almost certainly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the Power Rangers were also ninjas inside that. They weren't just astronauts. Yeah. And teenagers. It... Don't forget that. <laughs> yeah. You know, they were all... you see? Did you see the very... It, was, it came out about a year ago. It only lasted about 20 minutes, but some sort of gritty reboot of Power Rangers. It was on YouTube. No. I think I did. I highly was recommend it, seeing it. Um, was it like full-on kind of raid-style martial arts? No, well, sort of. It was basically, it was a really weird combination of um, actors and people in there. It was James Van Der Beek from Dawson's Creek. Okay. And um, oh, I can't remember her bloody name, but I'm... She played Starbuck, I think, in in the new Battlestar Galactica. I'm fairly certain it was her, anyway. And I think she's like the Pink Ranger, and he's one of the Ranger. And they, he'd gone like rogue, and it's sort of talking about their their past and their background. And then there is a fight, um, and it's actually really good. Okay. Just for people who grew up watching Power Rangers and knew it, like just for those twenty minutes to see it reimagined with kind of that. Christopher Nolan's Batman sprinkle on it, you know, a bit dark and edgy. It was, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. So um, I'll try and find that in a minute, and Dave can stick it in the comments. So for any Power Rangers fans who didn't see it, go and find it, including yourselves. So there we go. So there we go. That's, well, that's brilliant. That's a bit of classic, bit of classic going off topic there. Yeah. So I'm assuming like the the uh, the answer is most definitely a unanimous Megazord, Megazord. right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Even if it does take like fifteen minutes to put it together at the beginning of every boss fight. But the beauty the of it is you have the option. Like, uh, what what should we just wait while the Power Rangers assemble this megazord just gonna kick my ass? We'll just yeah. wait, it's fine. Like they've got well, the thing it's is, like WWE, so like, just let them do the intro music and it'll be fine. Power Rangers came up, I think it was the first kind of thing, it came up with this great kind of chemistry for fights where they would start off winning and then they would get their asses kicked and then they would call in reinforcements. And no, they'd start winning, then they'd start losing, then they'd start winning again, beat the small guy, then the small guy would grow, and they'd go, oh crap, and then put together Megazoid, then start losing in Megazoid, and then subsequently win in Megazoid to finish it off. It was a roller coaster of emotions uh, every episode, and yet we always knew it was going to work out for the best. That's it. So, my wife asks, how did she break her thumb at Dave's party? I don't know. None of us know. I have no idea. It is the it's a mystery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really well, have is. no idea. It wasn't. I don't think it was broken in the evening. Um, I definitely didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember her breaking it before the last time I saw her that in the evening. However, first thing in the morning was the question: How did I break my thumb? I've um, got a habit of showing off wrist locks and all that sort of stuff on unsuspecting victims when I'm drunk. But um, I, I you did <laughs> you did it on waffles. Yeah. <laughs> Becky asked really. me to, oh, to do one and James. Hurt. Yeah, so but I definitely didn't didn't do it to my wife. So I don't. And you did them on me as well. That was quite interesting. It's all it's all good fun. Of course, um, we, we do remember how Amy like cut her hand. Well, oh, I, yes. I was asleep. 
Oh, right. Oh, apparently, when you went to sleep, uh, she was like, oh, the cat's away. I can do yeah. whatever I like. And then, like, dropped a glass. Yeah, um, there's no then, idea of re- rebellion. Yeah, like, <laughs> dropping a glass in so- someone else's glass in someone else's house. It's just rude. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, and then she tried to, like, clean it up with her bare hands and, uh, yeah, cut her hand. What a woman. Yeah. Fuck, yeah. fuck conformity. <laughs> I'm breaking a glass. She doesn't need a dustpan and brush. She's getting stuck in that bare, broken glass of her hands. Yeah, to be fair, she went down to clean it up very quickly. It was straight away, I'm going to sweep this up with my hands. Not even a second thought. Oh, yeah. She she prioritises cleanliness over over her own safety. Yeah. She she would sort of be cleaning the house in like a gunfight. (laughs) So, yeah. Um, Peel, next question. Okay, then. Next question is from Daniel Orville. Uh, how much is too much Baileys, and can we see a true Volton deck based around Tywin? Uh, I will answer the first question. Uh, how much Baileys is too much Baileys? There's no such thing as too much Baileys. Um, well, arguably, easy... I'd say however much you can fit into a uh, Bucks Fizz bottle, because that seems to be the tolerance point um, for liquid. I have seen Dave <laughs> down an entire bottle of Baileys before. Wow. Mm. Uh, he was, was sick. But I don't think he was sick immediately. I think it was a later on thing. Um, yeah, I, I would say hours. there is no such thing as too much Baileys. The only thing is how big should your glass, Bailey, glass of Baileys be? Because there is mm. such a thing as too much Baileys at once. So a yes. whole pint of Baileys was silly. But that, you know, spaced out through the night in between other drinks would have been a dream. Yeah, wouldn't it? Yeah, so, it'd be uh, nice. So not, not too much. Uh, no, no, no amount is too much in moderation of like drink sizes, not drink amounts. That makes sense, yeah. right? So you're and allowed oh my God, to drink just, as much just Baileys as you want, he just commented, but not at one commented. given time. He did. He's commented on someone else's question. Oh, wow. That's psychic. Well, he's too late now. Um, <laughs> can we see a true Voltron deck based around Tywin? Well, almost certainly. I think it builds itself, doesn't it? Yeah. See the hand on Tywin, and you're pretty much already there. The thing is, short of giving him Seal of the Hand and Sirio and then maybe using Power Behind the Throne, like, it's, he's kind of Voltron himself, so really we need some more things to make a proper Voltron deck. And when yeah. we get those things, you definitely can. Uh, when we get, like, um, Snakeskin Veil, then jobs are good. Yeah, or some sort of attachment which does something else. You yeah. know, like a King Robert's Warhammer or something on him is pretty cool, but something like, you know, an effect which you can repeat beyond the fact he's massive with renown already. Yeah. So, but yeah, he- I think we can, yeah. I think it's already there. He's, I don't think he's quite as uh, fun to build with as the Knight of Flowers is at the moment. But uh, he's not too far off. He just needs some more janky attachments. Indeed. Dave, okay. you're up. Wedge asks, what are our jankiest deck ideas for the second edition? I need some inspiration for some of the upcoming store championships. Well, well as we've already established, he's barking up the wrong tree with me because I haven't <laughs> even got any ideas for myself. Um, I would suggest... Now playing that Greyjoy um, Greyjoy Targaryen deck that I was playing because that was incredibly janky I ran every single card with pillage I could find I ran three copies of the Wildling Horde three copies of Euron, three copies of Blackwind's crew, uh, three copies of the Reader, yeah and it was terrible but it was really janky so uh, play that, otherwise there's always Hyper Edric, the old, uh, old standby Hyper Edric, <laughs> he's a lord you can put Silver he's Hands a on lord. him yeah so uh, Darren uh, Hazelden says, why do people still try opening with navel? Also, how many marshmallows can you fit in your mouth and does it beat my record of 
13. Real sized, not mini. Um, I'm assuming he means real sized marshmallows and not a real sized mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so why do people still try opening with navel? Well, a lot. Uh, uh, someone else has commented underneath saying that people still try opening with a noble cause. And as long as they keep doing that, people will keep trying to open with navel. Well, that is basically it, isn't it? To this day, people still open with noble cause. And the dream is flipping navel, hitting the noble cause, and basically saying good game. It's really, I, I see people open with Noble all the time. All the time. Yeah. Just like, stop doing it. it it's, it's way more common than you'd expect. Uh, and even then, like, if people open with Summons or Building Season or even, like, calling the banners, you still give them less gold than they expected. Um, and to be honest, if you've had a good setup, depending on what's in your hand, you may not need that gold. Like, I've, I've had turns where it's just like, I don't really need five gold on my first turn like yeah especially if you're sitting on, on the king's road and some reducers so yeah. you should be all right yeah so the idea the idea with naval is that you've got to play it when you're comfortable if you don't hit and yeah. having seven initiative turn one is not bad if you manage yeah, to set up all. like balon you have a put to the sword in hand jobs are good uh otherwise you can make them go first and just react to what they're doing right yeah. fine mm. yeah it's a it's not a, i wouldn't say it's a, a turn on play for the ages but I, I don't think it's actually a bad call especially in a meta which has got trader with a pentoshi knocking about yeah you've got to read your opponent really yeah. look at his board is he going to be needing a big gold has he got a, a whopper out already if he hasn't he's probably going for noble drop it in have a crack um but i've never done it so don't take my word as gospel um is it me it is ben cotton no you said, were the last one was i yeah you read that? Oh, we, though, oh sorry, we didn't answer the marshmallow question. Uh, I've never no, tried, we didn't. but I can fit 127 skittles into my mouth. <laughs> That's I. Uh, you see, if I'd seen this earlier, I was actually in Tesco, and I would have brought some full-size marshmallows to try and do this live on air. And all I've got in the cupboard, alas, is mini marshmallows. <laughs> um, oh. So I'm unable to provide, unless you can provide some kind of formula, which means I can do the calculation between mini marshmallows to full marshmallows and some kind of ratio based calculation i i mean i could do it with mini marshmallows but it's just not going to get the fair result is it let's be honest well, At the I, moment, could, I don't want to speak for dave here but i'm going to assume neither of us know that ratio i i don't know that ratio i'm no. sorry no i think i think it should be about four to one possibly six to one though um because they are quite mini they are quite mini so i will get some marshmallows and take a picture tomorrow of me putting them in my mouth i'll film it and put it up on the podcast page Okay. okay. Um, in, in, a connected, in a connected comment, um, you met Drew at the weekend, Craven, uh, who went to uni with me. When we were at uni, we went to McDonald's and Drew fit an entire Happy Meal in his mouth. That's oh, fantastic. Yeah. And he did it twice. He did it once with a cheeseburger and put all the chips inside it and once with the nuggets with all the chips. Um, unfortunately, I, I believe... He didn't manage to eat the entire Happy Meal. Like he was going to try and put it all in his mouth and then actually manage to swallow it. And I don't no, think he managed either time. No room now, to is there a, One of them, is, he is definitely a... vomited it back into the Happy Meal box. Oh, <laughs> God, this is like, I, I say vomit, more just like, you know, choky regurgitation rather than that. Is there a, a conversion rate for McDonald's Happy Meals to marshmallows? I mean, are we more familiar with that conversion rate? Oh, well, I know that one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Because if so, however much a McDonald's Happy Meal is. I think we just found the podcast title, by the way. Marshmallow Exchange Rate. 
no bad. <laughs> Valor Marshmallows. <laughs> no, that was shit, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh well. I'll keep firing them out. We'll land eventually. Peel, read the next question. <laughs> next, move us on. <laughs> right, the next question is from Ben Cotton. It says a li- the question reads, sorry. A little late, but which card from first or second edition would be the best Valentine's Day card? It can be a good title, art, or even romantic rules or flavour text. Mm. Now, I actually put some thought into this, and I really am annoyed I missed the gap between Valentine's Day and Valentine, um, the podcast between before Valentine's Day and obviously Valentine's Day itself, because I thought it would be a nice little idea to put out some uh, some cards in, in the form of, of Valentine's Day cards. So, for example, you could have, you know, like I said at the time, Cersei with a, pic- a picture of Cersei on the front saying, I love you like a brother, wink. Mm-hmm. Um, something like that. <laughs> nice. It can also go either way. I love you like a sister. Wink. Um, you know, I've got another one. Um, I love you so much. My heart burns for you every day. Let's have sun on our dead. Oh, sorry. Let's have sex on our dead son today. A lot of these are Cersei <laughs> themed. Nice. Um, I'm going to be honest. I uh, again missed the window. Um, <laughs> I've also thought you make me so crazy. I'm going to desert the Night's Watch and have sex in a cave. <laughs> you know, something along those lines. We can we can play with it. I think we had we missed a window of opportunity. Uh, my love for you is like a horse. If you fuck my dad, I'll shoot him while he's on the loo or something like that. <laughs> there's there's many options in the Game of Thrones universe. You know. Yeah, um, okay, I like these. Marry so me now, or I'll break a tree then, with the, you. The, the answer to this is basically pictures of normal cards you're just going to replace with flavor text and things like that i'm thinking so because there's a lot of kinky shit going on in thrones and no one seems to have uh, done it yet you know daenerys targaryen one love me or i'll cut your penis off <laughs> yes does it happen she cut anyone's penis off i'd like to think she does um i well she's she's got got a, drink oh, into wish listing with, here are you not going with yeah. ramsay snow for penis cutting <laughs> Ramsey was too obvious, and I'm not sure if we're ready for that kind of relationship yet. Yet, though. Ah, uh, okay, sure. You know. Um, so don't take Winterfell, or I'll cut off your dick. It's not really. I could work with that. <laughs> <laughs> so, for terrible card titles, there's choosing the spear, which is pretty. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> yeah. Euphemistic. Yeah, um, that's pretty euphemistic. Art-wise, definitely shadows Ariane. Like, I'll break my king's guard vows for her. She's a oh, saucy nigga. Yeah. She looks like an absolute skank. Bit no, no, she doesn't look like a skank. Posh, she looks skank. <laughs> she looks lovely. That is, exactly. That's it. I would abandon my king's guard vows in a heartbeat. <laughs> Stay down in lovely sunny dawn and just have a great old time. And. For the ladies out there, there's always Desert Raider. Yeah. Roses yeah. are red, violets are blue. I'll push a boy out a window for you. Thank you, Peel. <laughs> <laughs> He's on a roll here, isn't he? <laughs> He's loving this. Is he Googling these? No. Are you sure? <laughs> I'm, I'm doing some completely unrelated stuff on the internet right now. Stuff that I, I can't... I bet you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I genuinely... Uh, whose turn is it now? It's me. It's Brad Hardwick, and he said, what do you think the cost ratio is between gold versus card draw? Two for 
one. Keep up the good work, guys. I think that <coughs> you can look at this by looking at um, Endurance name, which is utterly, well, virtually useless before turn four, I think. So roughly three to one in that. Yeah. You exchange a card for three gold, and it, that's like uh, any any anything before that, you'd have to be pretty desperate, I think. What I was thinking about this, if a location came out and it said pay X amount of gold to draw a card, at what point would you say that's too much? Mm. I would pay two gold to draw a card. I don't know if I would pay free to draw a card. Depends on how much the location costs, of course. If it's free. It's free. So it's free. Maybe. Yeah. Two, definitely. Three, maybe not. So two and yeah. a half? Yeah, somewhere between two and three, depending on how you're feeling and what house you're playing. Here we go. Um, right, my Facebook has crashed, so I can't get to the next question. Hang on. Oh, it's a good one as well, and it's got two. It is a very good. It's got one. two follow-up questions. Hang on, I'm, my answer. I'm there. I'm there. Um, and it was very satisfying. Right. <laughs> if you had to murder a pop star, who would it be and why? Oh, easy. God. That was Will Carter for everybody. Um, yeah. As we've moved into our second season, Will has clearly gone from Spice Girls appreciation. To murder. Murder. Well, <laughs> murder and pop. Now, I like this question for several reasons. Because uh, there's several answers to it. Um, several. On the one hand, yeah, several answers. I would quite like to kill... Um, who's the one who beats his missus? Um, Chris, Brown? Chris Brown? Yep, I'd like to kill him. He'd be fun. Um, I'd take my time with that one. That would be a slow one. Kanye, I'd do it in a humiliating way. Uh, something that really embarrassed him. Taylor Swift, I'd stuff and put on my mantle. God, killed. Uh, <laughs> just I, so I, I could have her in my house all time. Rage. <laughs> <laughs> Not for hatred, just because I love her too much and it's gone to a weird level. Um, it's gone to a very weird level. No, I wouldn't touch Tay-Tay. Um, but definitely Kanye would be my, my number one suggestion. And knowing Kanye, I'll probably get sued for saying that. So uh, we'll see you in court, Kanye, and you can try and get back all that money you're in debt. <laughs> you can try it from Peel. Uh, yeah. Worst case, I, he can just rent out his wife and make another porn tape with her. I don't think that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he could if he wanted to. He could. She's She is the most searched porn star in the world. She, she doesn't qualify as a porn star, surely. She does if she's released a video and it's gone on the internet. And it's been sold for profit. And it's been searched many, many numbers of times. Wow. The, the, the benchmark for what constitutes a porn star has really changed. Well, well in a porno. I guess it was an yeah. porno, but still. And yeah. it's sold for money. Like, in a twisted way, she was paid. She's the most famous porn star. Camera. So, yes. mm. I mean, we already I'm knew she was convinced. a like, do, do you have to be a consistent, like, actress to do this? Or does it? Yeah. They have to have a storyline. It doesn't have a storyline. Well, it's not porn. I would well, say set. you need to willingly go into it, understanding that it's a contract you're going to get paid for it, that's not probably. have your video released online and then end up getting money for it. That's okay. more like compensation. At the, no, no, no. Well, at the time, she was not famous when she did that. She was not in any way famous. She was just, no, she was following around Paris Hilton. Like That's the yeah. level of fame she was at. She was famous as a daughter of what's his no, name? No. The guy who was OJ's lawyer. Is he the guy that did the Chewbacca defense? Yes. Yeah. That's her stepdad. I is it? Is <laughs> it? Really? 
Yeah, but she's not yeah. famous because like that's not fame. That's like that's that's how she's fancy. in those circles. Yeah, but you do you know what I mean? Like she her first big break where she got her name was by fucking someone on camera. Subsequently, a porn star. Jenna Jameson was, you know, got famous by doing porn. She doesn't do porn anymore, but she's still a porn star. Hmm. The person oh. who played the whore in Thrones, whose name I can never remember, Shay. she started off doing porn. No, oh, Shay. Shay, yeah, yeah, she did. Shay, she yeah. was a porn star in Germany before she became on Thrones. She was, yeah. Now, now you know, it's you're if it's that's that's the classification. You're, you know, you've done well, porn. I the classification was you actually going to. It's a career you don't end up on camera, but I mean, I don't well, think I've ever really given it that much thought now I'm talking about it. <laughs> no. 50-50. Uh, I think you're probably right, broadly speaking. But I, 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 I the point is, is that, that she is she is um, she's still the most searched. That was the most important thing. She's, the, she's been in movies. Yeah, she's been in a porn, and she's the most searched. But a... that's Peel's answer. Who are you going to murder? Am I going to murder? I don't know if I want... I don't think I dislike any pop stars enough to want to, like, end their life. It is a bit harsh in hindsight. Um, I dislike Beyonce, but I don't think I'd want to see her head on a spot of King's <laughs> Landing. Um, yeah. So you're just gonna, you're not going to commit? You're just going to... It's all right. If, if Craven doesn't have one, I happily have another. I guess you had three, so... <laughs> yeah, like... As long as, like, the uh, the many-faced god gets his tally, I don't think it really matters. So yeah. if nah. people does all three for us... Oh, no, I've got an answer. Oh, go yeah, on, Bono. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, he is a big shit. Oh, hang but... on. <laughs> <laughs> See, we're yeah. forgetting people. We we drift off and we go into other things and I slag off Kanye West and then we forget about Bono. How could I forget about Bono and choose Kanye West over Bono? That's not fair on Kanye West. I'm willing to oh, murder actually, him. I'll tell you who it would be. I really dislike Paul McCartney. Okay. Harsh. Interesting, yeah. though. I like it. I don't like him. We need Who's to the one who does Band-Aid? Makes the Beatles sad. Bob Geldof. I hate oh, him. Oh, he's a knob at all. Well, yeah. and Bono. <laughs> so, Bob Geldof, um, Bono, Paul McCartney, Kanye West. We're collecting a proper little tally Chris here. Brown. Chris Brown. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Chris Brown deserves it actually. So I'm going to yeah. sit on Chris Brown. He's done something to deserve a, a bit of a slap, which may or may not be fatal. Okay. So, and also, we have forgotten another one as well. Who, for some reason, I'm amazed we've all skipped past. Go on then, Justin Bieber. No, see, he was going to be one of mine. No, he's all right. I now. hadn't forgotten it. See, the important oh. thing is that I had a thing, and the reason I want Bieber and or Miley Cyrus to die is because they'll give me points for my death bus. Oh shit. They <laughs> Yeah. Have I explained this to you, Craven? I already got... think I know what it is. So what it is, at the beginning of the year, and for this purpose, it was the financial year, so the beginning of April. Well, we're um, civil servants. We, we, yeah. Well, irritatingly, they said, oh, no, we do it on the 1st of April. I was like, look, guys, the financial year does not begin on the 1st of April. It does not. Yeah. Um, anyway, from the 1st of April, we started this death bus, and you name a number of celebrities uh, of varying ages, and if they die during the next year, you get points. And the winner of the death bus with the most points gets uh, gets a thirty pound gift from the other three people because we're doing it with uh, three friends. Um, oh God, this is and, so uh, And so Brad got points within twelve hours because the oldest person of the wo- in the world died on April the first, which is pretty impressive. 
Um, Jack's got some points for a Tory peer who died and uh, someone else as well. I'm winning at the moment because I've got both Lemmy and Christopher Lee, which was pretty heartbreaking, but it was a consolation prize. You went for Lemmy? He had to go sometime. (laughs) (laughs) I'd rather he went when I've got money riding on him. Exactly. I couldn't have seen Lemmy dying anywhere near now. He's like powered by cocaine and whiskey in good times, like um, Keith Richards. <laughs> the problem is, I thought he well, had decades left. Well, so did I, but the thing is, I was running out of celebrities I knew, <laughs> and so I had to go for ones I liked, which made me incredibly sad. Um, but the important thing is that the under 27-year-old that you pick drives the bus, and if they die, you get points for the whole bus. This is, um, I don't know if this game is sort of a thing I'd like to just sort of politely chuckle at and never do, or I want to introduce to my work tomorrow. Yeah, I've got to wait until the beginning of a month at least, and it really shouldn't be the beginning of March, so wait till April at least, you know, do a financial year one. All right, beginning of April, we'll put together a death bus. Yeah, I'll I'll be starting a new one, so that's all good. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so far I'm winning, and if uh, Bieber or Miley Cyrus die, then uh, I'll, I can't remember who I put down, you see, that's why I had to choose both. <laughs> and, yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah, then I'll get extra points. Um, it is important to note that they have to be famous enough to appear on the BBC News. That is what qualifies them as a celebrity. So you have to do a BBC News search? Yeah, if, if they don't appear on BBC News when they die, they do not qualify for the death bus. Oh, okay. That's so legit. Be that's... A yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, that was dark, wasn't it? Mm, mm, interesting, mm. though. Incredibly um, dark. So the next question is from Rebs. Rebs CTV. What does that stand for? I don't know. C-TV. I know his name isn't Rebs. It's Raul. But <laughs> anyway, so isn't CTV something you get when you're going for your motorbike license? That's a CBT. Ah, is okay. it, it? Doesn't matter. Is it like a? Is it a children's television? Is he on children's television? Uh, maybe. Is it Reggie Yates? It, oh. it is Reg- you've met him it's probably not Reggie Yates <laughs> he says oh god I wanted to not mention these at all is the community going to be amused by more podcasts with homophobic terms well, I'm going to take a stab in the dark and say probably not <laughs> I think we covered this, this week. Um, and yeah. I think my exact response sums it up quite well so I'm going to I'm going to just go no on this one Yeah, uh, no place in this community no place in this larger international community um so just fuck off with it yeah cool and his follow-up questions wildlings theme in 2.0 why is Lance that good do you think Tyrion and treachery should be loyal and when are we getting a card that says kill Tyrion Lannister okay the wildling theme in 2.0 um don't know at the moment is it it can't really be pillagey can it no it should be makes sense but um I don't know what we're going to do with that. I'd like to see some sort of unity with the Night's Watch. Because towards a point, they do end up aligning their goals somewhat, don't they? Um, that's the most spoiler-free way of putting it possible. We don't care about spoilers, right? Like, why would we? We haven't cared at any other point. No, so <laughs> I think at this if you, point, at this if, point you... if you're not up to date on the TV show, just fuck off and stop listening to us, basically. If you care about spoilers. <laughs> like, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Um, I think I'd prefer Wildlings to be like a like in first edition where they are a theme that you can import into a deck. Yeah, like a little package. Yeah, like a, a Wildland yeah. package. Like yeah. you can have the Neil package out of 
Barra. Um, oh, what I have no idea about it, actually. Towards the end of the game, we're going to get just loads of little packages you can import into your deck to give it a flavour without having to think too hard about it. You know, oh, like, like a pod system. Well, like, well, that's like Gaston, isn't it? It's just like, oh, I love the Gaston package. Uh, yeah. And then it's just the same for Wildlings. Absolute gold. Yeah. Like peri-peri flavouring for our decks. Yeah, so I hope they do. Um, and hopefully the majority of them are neutral with a couple for certain houses. I'd like to see a, uh, a Stark Jon Snow. What? No. A Night's Watch Jon Snow with the Wildling trait would be cool. That'd be good. Um, yeah, and, and things like that. Uh, maybe maybe a Barricard. Um, obviously, we've got two at the moment. Mance is coming in the Stark box. Um, I would assume we'll see some in the second cycle. Because that's when we start to see the Wildling characters really uh, appear in the books, don't I we? I hope Oral the Eagle is exactly the same as he used. Oh, Oral the Eagle is so good. Brilliant. So he's like a, a bastardized version of the Knight of Flowers, isn't he? He's like you got to when he attacks, you've got to declare at least two defenders. Yeah, he was he was a lot of fun. Amazing. Uh, why is Lannister that good? I think that can be summed up with big dudes renowned money and cancel. <laughs> yep, yep, yeah, that kind of does it. <clears throat> and, and they've got good draw as well. <laughs> so... yeah, they have. They're very good. Yeah. They are the closest to being like a complete package, I think, that, that currently exists. Uh, uh, do you think Tyrion and Treachery should be loyal? Um, no. Treachery is inherent that you are going to have to dedicate to a Lannister theme uh, quite dramatically if you banner to them. So I think that's... Lannisters at that. Exactly. Um, and I don't think Tyrion should be loyal for Nedley reasons and also, um, if he's going to be that good, it's only fair everyone gets a good crack at using him. I would yeah. like to see a loyal Tyrion based around him being Hand of the King. Yep, that's... I would as well. Yeah, um, I'd like to see that too. Uh, but then also, I'd like to see a neutral or Targaryen Tyrion at the end. Yeah, same. Yeah. And when are we getting a card that says kill Tyrion Lannister? It, well, possibly as soon as the Stark box. Yeah, <laughs> it says kill Tyrion Lannister, but as a subtext, also kills everybody on the board. Yeah, Limit and you can flip it as a plot, so it's fantastic. Lovely, lovely. Otherwise, I'm sure you don't have any problems playing Greyjoy Rabs, but uh, apparently they're good at killing Tywin at the moment, so play them. Give it a shot. Yeah. Next question, Peel. Is it you? I believe so. Um... Okay, next question is from Tomaz. Uh, Follow-up question uh, to the question before question. Yeah, that's right. Go in Inception. Uh, if you had to be murdered by a pop star, who would it be and how? Hmm. I would let Taylor Swift choke me to death. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a pretty good answer. And I would be fine with it. <laughs> if, that's what, if that's what the queen wanted, then and so be it. <laughs> Some sort of like Spice Girls death orgy, but like a bit further back in time. <laughs> a classic death. <laughs> oh, you know one of those classic death orgies. Have you seen that? Uh, you know, Monty Python: The Meaning of Life. Yeah. Where uh, it's like this man has been sentenced to death. And he has chosen the manner of his own death, and he gets chased by all those naked women off a cliff, <laughs> lands yeah. in his own grave halfway through the funeral. Yes, yeah, I that, that. <laughs> but the Spice Girls. <laughs> Peel, I um, <coughs> ooh, that is a tough one. I'd like to die from a broken pelvis. Um, ooh. 
Oh, enough about that then. Um, <laughs> but it would be Chris Brown that did it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't give him ideas, Dave. He's already trying to hunt me down. Um, no, I anything in I I don't I don't know I I think my first proper crush when I was a kid was on Britney Spears. Um, so subsequently, if she was to end my life, I wouldn't really be that fussed either. I'd be you know quite fair enough. Full circle. Yeah. Uh, Will, Will popped up again now and he goes, as a follow-up to the follow-up, is it really murder if you can sin? Now, there's legal precedent for this. Um, many, many years ago, it's maybe an urban legend, actually, before I get too high and mighty about politics, but I believe a man put an advert into a newspaper in Germany. It is true. Stating that he wished to be cooked and eaten. And would anyone like to do it? Um, now, obviously, it's well-known fact that cannibals love to browse uh, small ads in local newspapers um, and someone, <laughs> did, someone did respond and I believe they had a wonderful evening in together um, and then subsequently this person was, was murdered and, and at least partially digested um, and yeah the person that did it was, was done for murder wasn't he? The, uh, two corrections firstly um, he, he put the advert up not the victim okay yeah. So oh, he, he wanted he, someone. So he, he wanted to eat someone. Yeah, it's like come on, someone be eaten. And he was convicted of manslaughter, and then it was overturned, and he was given murder. So there okay. we go. Yeah. So yes, it is murder, but only if you really think about it. Yeah. I'm not going to get into that because my views will completely contradict that. So. Fair enough. Mm. Joe Zimmer, local lad, well, sort of local Joe, um, says, "Can you make a seven car?" A plot deck that you could run without huge problems in all house combos. Probably. Yeah, absolutely you could. Oh, we, we mainly did, didn't we, for the first part of the thing. Right, so confiscation. Yep. Wildfire assault. I don't I don't think we need to go to wildfire assault. Well, this is to you might run not want in that in every house. You might not want that in every house. You don't want a nice watch. You'd, you'd rather have it. No, not necessarily. Oh, well, we've fallen apart already. Yeah. You don't want it in Lannister Band for the Rose. You don't want it in all sorts of decks. But, alright, summons, confiscation. Yeah, summons, confiscation. Yep. Calm over Westeros. Yes. That's four. Hmm. You play Counting Coppers in most decks. It does have low gold. Yeah, but you need to run this in every house, and not every house has got the same amount of draw. So I'd yeah. say Counting Coppers. And you want to stick a two-claimer in there. Yeah, you could do. No, I'll tell you what, filthy accusations. You can always find room for that. That's true. That's six. Um, you can't play noble cause in every house because sometimes there's not enough lords and ladies. Yeah, fair um, enough. So I would probably say you either play noble cause or you play a second call of the banners. And that's your seven clock. So two call of the banners is probably better. You play that in all the houses. Yeah, there you go then. There you go. Done. Um, I've taken over the questions. I'm just going to keep going. How do you feel post hype? Give them a name. Oh, sorry. It says Daniel George Vincent Macron. How do you feel post-up about Nymeria? First question. Well, Dave, you've already said she was a little bit of a disappointment for you. Uh, yeah, but I'm saying that like she was like an eight rather than a ten. Yeah, and I only played with her once or twice. Annoyingly, I had two copies of Summons in the deck, and I was really, really digging for Varys. And both times, the best character I could get was Nymeria. Yeah. So that kind of put a damper on the whole thing, um, and I lost that game because I couldn't find Varys. So, yeah. <laughs> is there a she five, is very good, though. Is there a five-costa-focused deck yet with Ariane, and what, what faction are you bantering for it? I reckon there is. The first one's Night's Watch. 
And the second one, you can get away with it in Stark, actually. Yeah, you don't need the six and seven costs in Stark, do you? No. No. Um, you can also... Um, is, uh, is Arya coming to play? She is, isn't she? So it comes into play, yeah. So That's why you can trigger her if you nick her with Yoren. Right, yeah, that's pretty good. Um, I think also Tyrell. Yes. Which is just like the world's deck, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and for that matter, like any Martell deck doesn't need the Viper and Doran. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you don't need to run any six-costers. I, I mean, you say five-coster focus, that doesn't preclude six-costers completely, but like, you know, using that as a, a general higher higher point. But certainly, yeah, Varus as your only six-coster is very, yeah. very viable. That's fine. Yeah, I really like it. What Good. is the meaning of life, says Lauren Chaperia? It's being chased off a cliff into your own coffin by the Spice Girls. Well, naturally yeah. here, everyone decides, someone always tries to quote that bloody robot from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, don't they? That's so not, I'm not wrong, though, isn't it? Because that's not what they asked. That's the meaning of life, the universe, and everything. It's not the same thing. Well, probably sort of is. Well, no, like, because you've got the universe and everything on the end. Yeah, this is not like, the meaning of yeah. life. Is it must be lower than twenty, lower than forty-two, unless the, the other things are negative numbers. Well, I it's just know. maths, man. I don't know. <laughs> I was just going to quote Bill and Ted, and it's oh, okay. being excellent to each other, isn't it? Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, especially given current events, maybe everyone should just be excellent to each other. Yeah, chill the fuck out. No need to fight. Just be excellent and kill Kanye. Paul Chambers says there's. Eight point five billion people on the planet. Can you name them all? No. Yeah. Nope. I can name like three, possibly four. Well, there's three of us, so. Uh... Oh yeah. Times uh, by however many. Glazer says, "Can I be in the song now?" No. No. Yeah. Maybe sorry. One day. That that's a good point, actually. Like uh, Glazer put a post on the Facebook group. Uh, where everyone got to make up their own rhymes to our theme tune, and it really uh, betrayed a lack of rhythm that is present in the Thrones community. I did like <laughs> it. Like, like some people <laughs> trying to rhyme, which isn't necessary because the vast majority of ours, like the last line, doesn't have to rhyme. None of our last. It's just the first bit that rhymes. Um, it doesn't really rhyme for Tom's anyway. Um, but yeah, no one has any rhythm. Basically, you're all like Carl and South Park. Yeah. I mean, I suppose we could. Worst case, I could change it to his name is Peel. He'll cop a feel, but we're not going to do that. Yeah, that would like be a... terrible when you eventually get pulled up in court over all this. Mm. Um, <laughs> if if Glazer decides to move to the UK, then he could be on the podcast more plausibly. And if he was on the podcast that much, then he may be added to the song. I mean, I could That's a reasonable I mean... offer. If he wants, I'll, I'll put in a line. His name is Glazer. He likes a nice blazer. Um, I but like I don't blazers. Know. Yeah, I know. See, I do as well. Um, like Glazer is a teacher. Like he, he probably wears blazers. He well, he, does he have the patches on the? I, I think so. That's more professors, but yeah. I think he does. He's not a history teacher, is he? No, he's an English teacher. In another note, patch, okay. yeah, an American teaching English. <laughs> what? <laughs> what are the chances? Yeah. <laughs> what does he do when he gets to describe in like? Parts of the car, or you know, <laughs> gets to the the bumper, <laughs> or, or the, the or boot. The boot. Yes. There's or generations traffic. of American children running around not knowing constituent parts of motor vehicles. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. We should do a fundraiser. 
Um, <laughs> Dave M. Nicholas says, what is your favourite card slash board game? Well, it's Game of Thrones. <laughs> but let's do board games very quickly. My favourite board game at the moment is probably... Spartacus. Okay. Not played it. Must admit, not played Spartacus. Um, I really. Oh, go on, Dave. You do yours. Okay. Um, I think it might be the same as mine. Uh, probably not actually. I'm going to say probably Eldritch Horror at the moment. Then no, it's not um, the same. No, because I don't think you've played it. Uh, I played it for the first time with Team Europe at Worlds, and I played it a few more times the other day with Jack, and it's been awesome. Thoroughly enjoyed it. It is good fun. Probably not of all time. I don't really have a favorite board game because. I don't really play many board games because I'm playing Thrones so much. So, Thrones, obviously. And after that, Star Wars. And then, you know, board yeah. games. Did love some Star Wars. I oh. would probably go with um, Carcassonne. Oh, yeah. I really, it's, you know, it's classic. It's simplistic. Nothing too complicated about it. You can play a game of it in about half an hour. Pack it away in about half an hour. Like, five minutes. That's cool. We've just finished uh, Pandemic Legacy. Oh, really? Is and it good? It, it's the tits. If you can oh, get a consistent group to play it, it's yeah. well worth it. I oh, think the, we had a look at it at one point, um, but I don't think we ever properly got into the game. That would have been a normal pandemic. Mm. Pandemic legacy, if your cities start to you know, become infected with the disease, they start to like riot and things. And then it yes, starts to get in and out of them. And, like, the diseases evolve and things over the course of 12 to 24 games. Oh, and that's cool. If it all goes tits up, then like, you just lose. So like Risk Legacy, it kind of evolves it, based yeah, on... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like Risk yeah, Legacy. So it's a similar, yeah, yeah. Um, but Jack and I have been playing it over the last few months, and it's awesome. We finished it two weeks ago. Amazing. So that's, However, yeah, now, that's pretty good as well. We are going to have to check ourselves before we wreck ourselves. We now. all just wrecked ourselves. Sorry, Dave. Yeah. Right, yeah. so we've got two more off-topic ones, and then we'll finish on a Thrones one. Mm. To reward everyone who's listened to this point. Um, Michael... I'm going to assume that's Henri Lamazek. I was going to say Henry, but that would be butchering a name if it is, so sorry. Will I ever be forgiven for being the only vote for a sign-off? Um, which I responded was... and said, you weren't. Actually, it was nearly a 50-50 split. And that yeah. Actually, not having a sign-off did win by one vote. No, yeah. no, having a sign-off won by one vote. That's, that's what I meant. No, so, doing yeah. sign-offs. No, no, not having a sign-off actually did win but because it's 50-50 no no having a sign off one that's why we've done sign offs if we were if the other one had won we wouldn't have done it I wouldn't have allowed it it would have been stricken of course because we do adhere to the first past post because I hate hate sign offs ah so to be honest yeah Michael you um, you weren't the only vote but maybe you would have voted but tipped over the edge and made Dave so grumpy yes Um, in which case you'll never be forgiven uh, Daniel Orville's popped up again. If William the Conqueror were alive today, would he celebrate the upcoming 950th anniversary of the Battle of Hastings with a feast of all the foods introduced to English culture via imperialism, or would he prefer to eat boiled mutton? I really like this question because it has some of my favourite things. Yes. It's got history. Yeah. Battles. And, yeah, battles. And you love a battle. And English superiority. <laughs> which Certainly. is like naval superiority, I think... superiority, which is what we had which is why we were so superior, but I'm thoroughly into all that. As am I. <laughs> I would say he probably wouldn't enjoy um, a chicken tikka, a pint of kingfisher, and a kebab. <laughs> I reckon it would probably irreversibly destroy his tender um, internal organs, which were only used to 
very, very plain food anyway. So um, it would be to his folly to eat food introduced to England via imperialism. He'd be much better off with a boiled mutton, I'd say. I, I, I'd like no, to I think, think he'd... Go on, Peel. I was going to say, I'd like to think he'd like a good old-fashioned roast. I mean, I'm not sure how long the roast has been going for, but I think he'd be roasting stuff, you know, pretty much constantly. I think he'd be roasting all over the world. Okay. You know? Um, you know, Yorkshire. Like, William the Conqueror burst in his coffin because he was such a fat bastard. Like, there is no did, way... There is no way that he was not going to be into all this eat food we've just, like, colonised. Like, the only reason we took over all these countries was, like, stealing their things. And food yeah. is one of the most important ones. Like, our food is like, a hodgepodge of all these different cultures, a lot of it. And one of the most important ones is curry. There's no way William the Conqueror is not double narning. Double do you, do you think he'd have dessert naan as well? <laughs> do you insane. think William the Conqueror would have a regular naan for his dinner and then a dessert naan? For you when know he, he would. <laughs> I love a dessert naan. It's my favourite thing about ordering an Indian. I had like, dessert last time. It was amazing. Oh, it's so good, isn't it? You think, why am I going to need two naans? Just wait. Well, I don't need it. I'm not hungry. Just I wait. And then five minutes later, fucking dessert naan. I have a naan and a paratha. You, oh, you've got dessert naan. So, well, you might be right, Dave, but I just think if he burst in his coffin anyway, imagine how quickly he would have popped if he was full of vindaloo. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't matter if the death was worse, it's just that he would have enjoyed the end of his life more if somehow he made it to over a thousand years or almost a thousand years old. Um, Die eating curry, you're probably happy. But yeah, we should definitely do something for the Battle of Hastings. That sounds fun. We should all have sober ethnicity foods. Yeah. Just or, kind of have a mu- massive feast. Yeah, or some boiled muffin. Can sure. we roast? Can we just get a, a proper like hog roast on the go? Just basically just build a fire in the back garden, stick a spear through a pig and just cook it. What order can... do we do this in? Do we get the pig before we start the fire? Or do we start um, the fire and then find a pig? 50-50 really, Dave. Um, Is this still a euphemism? Are we choosing the spear again? Well, there's two of us. So you can get the pig and one person can start the fire. Yeah. Sure, sure. That sounds productive. We can hunt so, a gatherer. Craven shall we Scott. finish on an actual Thrones question? <laughs> All right. Yeah. Matthew <laughs> Slade says, what are our predictions for the next cycle? Quite a broad brushstroke, that one. So let's try and think. What are we expecting to see? Themes and things like that, I guess. So we're be hitting second book time, aren't we? Really, if that's yeah. the route they want to go down. So we could start to see the foremost of more brotherhood. Is there much brotherhood in the second, in the first, well, second book? No, but it is going on at that point, isn't it? Mm. I think it's more likely that we'll just see them all in the third cycle, or a lot of them in the third cycle, because there's still a lot of characters that are going to be introduced in the second book. Remember, it's we don't see real... any Martell or Tyrell in the first book. Yeah, but point. yeah, but they have to be introduced for balance, whereas the the Brotherhood will probably be mostly um, neutral or Baratheon cards. I think we're going to see in the second cycle, I reckon we're going to see a lot of kind of new Baratheon cards with obviously the Stannis Rebellion, uh, so to speak. Oh, um, that's an interesting idea. Yeah, we could start with the Blackwater some, battle, some very unique cetera. Baratheon styles. Yeah, yeah I think we're going to see a few more kind of strains of Baratheon like that. I think that's definitely going to be something coming. So we're going to get like a new Stannis um, 
a new Melisandre, etc. And just go down that route a bit more, I think. Yeah, I'm yeah, hoping we, it's going to be the the cycle of kings and Bannerman, I think. We're going to see yeah. five kings. We're going to uh, see a king, hopefully, Ty- hopefully, Renly is a Tyrell king in this. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course, yeah. Um, of course it's going to be five kings, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then uh, I'm assuming we will see a lot of the Bannermen. So we'll start to see, like, Brienne of Tarth, um, and some of the other, like some of the Tyrell Bannermen that are very prominent in Renly's court. We're going to see people like the Florence, who are prominent in Stannis's court, um, yep. and uh, people like that. Maybe Salador San will make a comeback because he's very prominent in the second book. Uh, one or two of Davos's sons. Uh, yep. Rob's got all his Bannermen going. I mean, they're fairly prominent in the first book as well, but it the appears they've been pushed back. So we'll probably see the Great John in this book. Your mate. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and. Um, We'll also see uh, the Blackfish. Uh, the Blackfish is in the Stark box. Oh, is he coming out in the yeah, Stark? He's, he's definitely in the Stark box. Uh, but we'll see people like Roose Bolton and like the Glovers and things like that. Or maybe Gregor Clegane. Gregor Clegane is in the next pack. Like is he's he? already been confirmed. Yeah, he's in the. F- he's really prominent in the first book. I just hadn't seen any sort of sound of him in spoilers. He's not been spoiled. He's mentioned in one of the spoiler articles <gasps> as someone who is in it. I think Ooh. it's the next pack. So don't worry about that. Um, yeah, all the Greyjoy characters are going to make an appearance for the first time. Oh yeah, like, come on, is, we need Victorian back. The man. damp hair actually turns up, so we might see Victorian. Although I don't think he's in the second book. He's not in the second book. No. Um, so yeah, there's loads of new Bannermen that get introduced, and it's the first book where all the point of view characters start to spread out a bit. So you don't just have clumps of, of Starks and things. Um, mm. Yeah, we might even get. We'll probably get Jack and Agar as well because he's only really prominent in this book, isn't he? Isn't he? And yeah, could we they get might the reprint v- Rorge, so uh, yeah. so we can get Hyperclaim going. And we might see some court Carthine characters. Doesn't Daenerys get to Carth at this point? She does. Yeah, they're going on like a bit of a Dothraki uh, binge at the moment. So I would We've... I would be shocked if we didn't see uh, see Carthine characters. So Zaro and Pyatpri and stuff like that. Although we're gonna get a. Um... Yeah. A um, Stark Theon, or something along Maybe, those lines, yeah. aren't we? Stark Theon was around with uh, kicking it, you know, during at the start. He is. This I don't is know if we will. His, you know, this is also no, his turn to. Yeah, but book two is his turn to. Um, darkness. Yeah, his turn to darkness. Essentially, if we saw a Stark Theon, I would hope it would be in the well. The first cycle would have been ideal for it, but either in the Stark box or the Greyjoy box, mm. as yeah. a. Greyjoy as the Stark card in the Greyjoy box that would have been quite interesting would make a lot of sense wouldn't it yeah I reckon we may not though anytime soon I think we might have already sort of seen the nod towards Fionn in the uh, reward card that's coming out mm. okay because that's a Stark sort of attachment and they were I mean everyone took boards you know there's lots of precedents for that but the most prolific one is Fionn so perhaps won't see it at all. I don't know. Who knows? But yeah, okay. I think that's... Is it, has anyone got anything you want to add in? Not really. No, we're done. That was good. Good set of questions, everybody. Nice yeah. mix of uh, run and pass. We like that. I do like the question episodes. I must admit, I enjoy it when we get listeners' questions because they're always varied. Yeah. Like, no matter what, there's stuff that we will never be able to think of. In a oh, God, years. yeah, absolutely. That's, it's always good fun. So, so that is we it. do appreciate it. Sorry. That is it. Um, next week we'll have what we did this week back up and running with um, the actual original intent 
Um, and hopefully, Peel can tell us all about how he got on on Octagon testing his new deck. Yeah, hey. uh, if anyone would like to play me on Octagon, um, I will double check on what my username is because I may have forgotten a little bit. But I will <laughs> post up when we post it online, I will post up some details and try and get some games organized this week. And people can absolutely thrash me uh, online. So that'll be fun. That will be fun. Okay. Brilliant. Thanks, everyone. See you next time.